Chapter One, Part Eight of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Six, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey and Reverend Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Therefore, let us now pass as from another image to the truer matter to which the force of the words applies, and let us again consider the Pharisees how they at that time were acting like false shepherds and false teachers toward such as were cheated by them and then let us consider what christ came to give and what happiness he came to bring us they certainly never scrupled to speak falsely and feigning themselves to be sent from god they prophesied according to that which is written out of their own hearts and not out of the mouth of the lord and besides these that thutis also and judas of galilee drawing away people after them were destroyed together with those who had been led to join them but our lord jesus christ came to bestow upon us eternal life out of the love which he had towards us and their aims being so opposite and the manner of their coming so different how can it be explained except that their dispositions and offices were of opposite character therefore by the test of their behaviour in office we ought to discern he says on the one hand what they were and on the other what he was for thus it was possible perhaps to persuade the rulers not to think unreasonably of him any longer by supposing him to be one of the false shepherds or one of those who climb up some other way into the sheepfold but that rather christ the door and the porter and the shepherd had come not only that the sheep may have life saith he but also something more for besides the restoration to life of those who believe in him there is also the certain hope of being blessed with all good things and probably the word more refers also to this life meaning what is more abundant or more honourable and implying the most perfect participation of the spirit although very secretly for the restoration to life is common to both saints and sinners to both greeks and jews as well as ourselves for the dead shall arise and they that are in the tombs shall awake and they that are in the earth shall rejoice according to the sure promise of the saviour but the participation of the holy spirit is not thus common to all being the more than life as it were something beyond that which is common to all and will be bestowed only upon those who are justified by faith in christ and the divine paul also will prove this to us saying behold i tell you a mystery we shall all sleep but we shall not all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for indeed all shall rise from the dead because this is granted to all nature through the grace of the resurrection and in one that is christ who was the first and foremost to break down the dominion of death and attain eternal life the common lot of humanity was changed and made incorruptible even as also in one that is 
the first adam it was condemned to death and corruption but there will be at that time an important difference among those who are raised and very widely distinct will be their destiny for those who have gone to their rest with faith in christ and who have received the earnest of the spirit in the appointed time of their bodily life will obtain the most perfect grace and will be changed to the glory which shall be given from god but those who have not believed the son and have deemed such an excellent reward of no account shall be once more condemned by his voice and sharing with the rest in nothing save in the restoration to life shall pay the penalty of such prolonged unbelief for they shall depart down into hades to be punished and shall feel unavailing remorse for saith he there shall be the weeping and gnashing of teeth eleven i am the good shepherd having previously well and clearly shown how grievously those who lived in earlier times suffered from the hypocrisy of the false prophets and false shepherds and having made manifest the advantages to be brought about by his own coming having now also shown his own superiority by comparing the future destinies of the sheep and being crowned as conqueror by the votes of truth he appropriately utters the words i am the good shepherd certainly therefore he says your plans against me will be vain since without being able to complain that i wish in anything to damage the interest of the sheep ye hesitate not to number me with those who are wont to do this and him who is truly good ye call evil losing through your self-regard the ability to judge each matter fairly according to the injunction of the lawgiver therefore he rebukes the rulers as unjust as quite regardless of the words of moses as ignorant of the object of his coming so that henceforth the prophet isaiah may be acknowledged to speak truly concerning them for he says woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that call sweet bitter and bitter sweet that put darkness for light and light for darkness for indeed will they not be found to do this who treat the true light that is our lord jesus christ as darkness by scrupling not to reckon our good shepherd as one of the falsely named shepherds or perhaps daring to esteem him even less honourable than they for such as professed themselves utterers of the divine word and exercised themselves under the guise of prophecy in robbing the understanding of the common people and in cunningly stealing them from the way of truth and led their followers astray to do their own pleasure instead of god's such as these were held in high esteem by those who seemed to be in power at that time certainly shemaiah the salamite opposed his own falsehood to god's words and made himself bold against the reputation of jeremiah for the latter was in bonds and the former had honour from zedekiah as a reward for his lies and now the wretched pharisees going far beyond similar impiety and characterized by more daring insolence 
do not assign to christ even the position allowed to false teachers for indeed what did they actually say to some who were listening with great pleasure to his discourse he hath a devil and is mad why hear ye him wherefore himself also says concerning them by the prophet isaiah woe unto them for they have fled from me wretched are they for they have been impious towards me though i have redeemed them yet they have spoken lies against me and again their rulers shall fall by the sword for the rage of their tongue for are they not worthy of every punishment who foolishly wet their tongue to such a sharpness as to dare to say against christ such things as are not becoming in any way for us but only for those who hold similar opinions either to receive within the ears or heedlessly to repeat twelve thirteen the good shepherd layeth down his life for the sheep he that is a hireling and not a shepherd whose own the sheep are not beholdeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf snatcheth them and scattereth them he fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep having made a skilful comparison between the prating speeches and lawless daring of some and the splendour of his own works and having characterized and described the former as thieves and robbers and climbers into the sheepfold by some other way and himself as the really good shepherd he now passes on to speak of the rulers of the jews themselves and shows his own leadership to be better than that of the pharisees and the demonstration of this again he makes most evident to them by means of a comparison for he sets in contrast as it were with their heedlessness and indifference his own watchfulness and love and again accuses them of caring nothing for the flock whereas he says his care for it was so intense that he despised even life which to all is so dear and he explains the proper method of testing a good shepherd for he teaches that in a struggle for the salvation of the flock such a one ought not to hesitate to give up even life itself freely a condition which was of course fulfilled by christ for man having yielded to an inclination for sin at once wandered away from love to god on this account he was banished from the sacred and divine fold i mean the precincts of paradise and having been weakened by this calamity he became the prey of really bitter and implacable wolves the devil who had beguiled him to sin and death which had been germinated from sin but when christ was announced as the good shepherd over all in the struggle with this pair of wild and terrible beasts he laid down his life for us he endured the cross for our sakes that by death he might destroy death and was condemned for our sakes that he might deliver all men from condemnation for sin abolishing the tyranny of sin by means of faith and nailing to his cross the bond that was against us as it is written accordingly the father of sin used to put us in hades like sheep delivering us over to death as our shepherd according to what is said in the psalms 
but the really good shepherd died for our sakes that he might take us out of the dark pit of death and prepare to enfold us among the companies of heaven and give unto us mansions above even with the father instead of dens situate in the depths of the abyss or the recesses of the sea wherefore also he somewhere says to us fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom these words apply to the sheep tended by christ but let us now consider the state of the flocks of those others surely by him who looks carefully and fairly into their condition those others will be detected as nothing else than hirelings and false shepherds and wretches and betrayers and cowards who have never taken any thought for the benefit of the sheep but eagerly grasp on every side at what seems pleasing in any way to themselves individually for they were hirelings according to the saviour's words whose own the sheep were not no the sheep were christ who hired those men from the beginning and appointed the priests to the highest honours and headships over the people of the jews but they dishonouring so dignified a position and altogether neglecting the sheepfold betrayed the sheep to the wolf and we will briefly explain how they did it in earlier times the numerous people of the jews acknowledged god only for their king to him they paid the half shekel to him they offered sacrifices and brought the observance of the law as a sort of tribute but there came upon them like some savage wolf a man of foreign race imposing on them the name and the reality of slavery and laying on them the yoke of a human sovereignty compelling them somehow to adopt a strange and unwanted manner of life demanding tribute plundering the kingdom of god for it was of course necessary for them when reduced to such distress to submit to the enactments of their conqueror the foreigner came overthrowing the rule which is from god that is the tribe ordained to minister in holy things to whom judgment and the magistracy were committed by god changing everything and exercising oppression causing his own image to be struck on the coins and practising all manner of arrogance against such intolerable insolence the shepherds did not show vigilance they saw the wolf coming and abandoned the flock and fled for the sheep were not their own they did not call upon him who was able to help who delivered them out of the hands of the people of babylon and turned away the assyrians who slew by the hand of an angel a hundred and eighty-five thousand of the foreigners and that the people of israel were in no small degree injured and demoralized by the acceptance of the rule of the aliens i mean under those of foreign race thou mayest learn from the actual result for at one time pilate rebuked the unlawful boldness of the jews because they bade him crucify the lord when he publicly said shall i crucify your king they then actually at once threw aside their servitude under god and burst asunder the bonds of their old allegiance and proceeded to subject themselves as it were to a new yoke 
exclaiming without more ado, We have no king but Caesar. And these things, both what the people did and what they cried out, appeared to their leaders to be right and proper. Certainly, therefore, we must ascribe to them the authorship of all the people's misfortunes. So they are condemned, and very reasonably, as betrayers of the sheep, as wretches and cowards, and most certainly fond of fighting, even refusing altogether to protect and defend the sheep placed in their charge. Wherefore also God reproves them, saying, For the shepherds became brutish, and did not seek the Lord. Therefore none of the flock had understanding, and they were scattered. From the events themselves, therefore, it is made manifest that Christ is a really good shepherd of sheep, but that the others are corrupters rather than good shepherds, and are altogether to be excluded from any praise for sincerity. 14. I am the good shepherd. Again, he exults in having gained the victory and obtained the suffrages of his hearers to the effect that he ought to be acknowledged as ruler of the Jews, suffrages not expressed by the open testimony of any, but arising from the investigation of facts which had just been undertaken. For just as after he contrasted his own works with the villainies brought about by the false prophets, and showed the result of his doings to be better than that of their falsehood. For he says that they came, unbidden, merely to steal and to kill and to destroy, to tell lies and to say things unlawful, but that he himself was come that the sheep might have not life merely, but also something more. Beautifully and rightly he exclaimed, I am the good shepherd. So also here, after characterizing the really good shepherd as one who is ready to die on behalf of the sheep, and willing to lay down his life for them, whereas the hireling, even the foreign ruler, is a wretch and a coward, and worthy of all such names previously given him, since he knows that he himself is going to lay down his life for the sheep, with good reason he again cries aloud, I am the good shepherd. For he who in all things hath the preeminence must of course be superior to all, so that the psalmist once more may appear truthful, when he says somewhere unto him, That thou mightest be justified in thy words, and victorious when thou art judged. And besides what has been said, this other matter also deserves consideration. For my own part, I think that teaching intended to be of great benefit to the people of the Jews was urged upon them by the Lord, not merely by his own words, but also the utterances of the prophets, to persuade them to a willingness to think according to right reason, and to know of a certainty that he is the good shepherd, and the others are not so. And whence? Surely it would not be unreasonable to suppose that even if they were not persuaded by words of his, yet at any rate they would not be unwilling to yield to those of their own prophets. He accordingly says, I am the good shepherd, bringing to the remembrance, as it were, the words spoken by the voice of Ezekiel, and recalling them to the minds of the Jews. 
for thus speaks the prophet concerning christ and those whose lot it was to rule the flock of the jews thus saith the lord god o shepherds of israel do shepherds feed themselves do not shepherds feed their flocks behold ye consume the milk and clothe yourselves with the wool and ye slay them that are fat but ye feed not my sheep the diseased ye have not strengthened neither have ye refreshed the side neither have ye bound up the broken neither have ye turned back the strayed neither have ye sought the lost but ye have killed even the strong with hardships and my sheep were scattered because there were no shepherds and they became meat to all the beasts of the field and my sheep were scattered on every mountain and upon every high hill and over the face of all the earth and there was none who sought them or turned them back for the one aim of the rulers of the jews was to look only for their own gain and to make money out of the offerings of their subjects and to collect tributes and to impose burdens over and above the law but certainly not to take any account of anything which was likely to benefit or able to keep in safety the people in their charge wherefore again the really excellent shepherd speaks concerning them in these words thus saith the lord god behold i am against the shepherds and i will require my sheep at their hands and i will cause them to cease from feeding my sheep neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more and i will deliver my sheep out of their mouth and they shall no longer be unto them for meat and again after other words and i will set up one shepherd over them and he shall feed them even my servant david and he shall be their shepherd and i the lord will be their god and david shall be a prince among them i the lord have spoken it and i will make with david a covenant of peace and i will cause the evil beast to disappear out of the land and they shall dwell in the wilderness and sleep in the woods and i will set them round about my hill and i will give you rain even the rain of blessing and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit and the earth shall yield her increase surely in these words god very well and distinctly declares that the unholy multitude of the pharisees shall be removed from the leadership of the jews and manifestly announces that after them shall be set over the rational flocks of believers he who is of the seed of david according to the flesh even christ for by him god hath concluded a covenant of peace namely the evangelic and divine proclamation which leads us to reconciliation with god and wins the kingdom of heaven likewise also through him comes the rain of blessing that is the first-fruits of the spirit making as it were a fruitful land of the soul in which it dwells and since the pharisees caused no small grief to their sheep in no wise feeding them but rather suffering them to be in many ways tormented whereas christ saved his sheep and was shown to be a giver and promoter of blessings from above he appears to be right in this which he says of himself i am the good shepherd 
and let no one find it a stumbling-block i pray you that god the father called him who is made man of the seed of david a servant although he is by nature god and very son but let it rather be understood that he has humbled himself taking the form of a servant he is therefore called by god the father by a name suitable to his assumed form End of chapter 1, part 8